Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I was asked the other day about my thoughts on the revival that is taking place at Asbury University. I have hesitated to cover this on the podcast for for several reasons. Number one, I wanted to get as much information on it as possible. Second, I can be a little skeptical when I hear the word revival. (laughs) Now, growing up in the church, and, and especially in a Pentecostal one, you hear a lot about revivals. The denomination that I was a pastor of came out of the Azusa Street revival, in fact. I know that they can be a real movement of God led by the Holy Spirit. But it can also be something that is, well, misunderstood as well. Many call for revival to be poured out on them, and that's not exactly how it happens. (laughs) It is is initiated by people giving up of themselves and crying after God. It is a very selfless act that that, the, that God moves within and it spreads out from there. It, it takes people's willingness to get outside of themselves and fully commit to God and then having God move within those people. So I have been watching what has been happening at Asbury to see just how real this thing is. And in doing so, I came across a friend that posted this from Madison Pierce. He says, I'm hesitant to post my thoughts on what's happening in Wilmore. A few of you uh, may have heard about the revival at Asbury University. I attended the gatherings from the first day till now. A chapel service that didn't stop, but continued spontaneously for nine days now. Now, it was an intimate space for students, but it is now the focus of global intrigue, mass pilgrimage, and digital evaluation. I am aware that not only everyone has a a uh, paradigm for this form of spirituality, but I want to be honest to my own understanding. I come from a spiritual background that has left me weary of hype in a culture of spectacle. I've grown tired of disingenuous representations of divine work. But it is clear God is moving in a surprising and transformative way. However, when you think of revival, that comes to you know what comes to mind not it, it's it's not uh what is happening here is what would be coming to mind probably in your own mind to quote professor mccall a theology professor at asbury seminary quote what we are experiencing now this inexpressibility deep sense of peace wholeness Uh, holiness, belonging, and love is only the smallest of windows into the life of which we are made. The moments of the Spirit in Western evangelism always exist in the middle of of a cultural uh, moment. A generous, uh, 
interpretation of these movements reveals unique traits for each one, he says. For example, fervor for the Great uh, Commission at the Mount uh, Hermon Conference, uh, overwhelming joy in Toronto outpouring, zeal for the lost in Brownsville revival, acts of healing at the Kansas City awakening, and manifestation of tongues at the Azusa Street revival. In each move of the Spirit, God clearly manifests in a specific way for that generation. I find it interesting that God would mark this outpouring with a tangible sense of peace for a generation with unprecedented anxiety, a restorative sense of belonging for a generation admits an epidemic of loneliness, an authentic hope for a generation marked with depression, a leadership emphasizing protective humility in relationship with power for a generation deeply hurt by the abuse of religious power, a focus on uh, uh, particularly uh, adoration for an age of digital distraction. It feels as if God is personally meeting young adults in ways meaningful to them. My generation has formed differently than previous generations. And so the traits of this revival are different than revivals of old. The old outpouring is not the signs and wonders nor zealous intercession, nor spontaneous tongues, nor charismatic, you know, uh, physicalities, nor the the visceral uh, uh, travail, it is marked by a tangible feeling of holistic peace, a restorative sense of belonging, a non-anxious presence through felt safety, uh, a, a repentance driven by experienced kindness, humble stewardship of power, and holiness through treasuring adoration. It is important to reflect on the words of Jesus. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Now, I don't want to make the mistake of trying to fit this new work into old paradigms. The new wine cannot be understood without the old expectations of revival, through the old expectations of revival. As the revival has grown, people attempt to evaluate and participate from their old expectations. You cannot keep new wine in old wineskins, or it may cause disappointment, disillusionment, divisiveness. In humility, we must receive the new wine with an open hand without trying to force this spiritual movement into a well-intended but old expectation of a revival. We must strive to humbly participate, appreciatively celebrate, and intentionally respond to this surprising work of the Spirit with openness and hunger. And, and you know, he mentions the, the Tom McCall uh, Tom McCall here, uh, who writes for Christianity Today. And here is his Tom McCall's observation of this. 
He says most Wednesday mornings as Asbury University uh, are, is like any other, a few minutes before 10, students begin to gather in Hughes Auditorium for chapel. Now, students are required to attend a certain number of chapels each semester, so they tend to show up as a, just a matter of routine. But this past Wednesday was different. After the benediction, the, the gospel choir began to sing the final chorus. And then something began to happen that defies easy description. Students did not leave. They were struck by what seems to be a quiet but powerful sense of transcendence. And they, they did not go, and they, did, and they didn't even want to go. They stayed and continued to worship, and they're still there. I teach theology, he says, across the street at Asbury Theological Seminary. And when I heard of what was happening, I immediately decided to go to the chapel to see for myself. When I arrived, I saw hundreds of students singing quietly. They were praising and praying earnestly for themselves and their neighbors and our world, expressing repentance and and contrition for sin and and interceding for healing, wholeness, peace, and justice. Some were reading and reciting scripture. Others were standing with their arms raised. Several were clustered in small groups praying together. A few were kneeling at the altar rail in front of the auditorium, and some were lying prostrate, while others were talking to one another, their faces bright with joy. They were still worshiping when I left in the late afternoon and when I came in the evening. They were still worshiping when I arrived early Thursday morning, and by mid-morning, hundreds were filling the auditorium again. I have seen multiple students running toward the chapel each day. By Thursday evening, there there was standing room only, and students had begun arriving from other universities. The worship continued throughout the day on Friday, and indeed, all through the night. On Saturday morning, I had a hard time finding a seat, and by evening, the building was packed beyond capacity. Every night, some students and, and others have stayed in the chapel and to, you know, to p- pray through the night, and the momentum shows no little, no, no signs of slowing down. My college, uh, I'm sorry, my colleague Steve Siemens, a, a retired theologian from the seminary, told me that what was happening resembled the the famous Asbury revival of 1970 he experienced when he was a student. The revival shut down classes for a week, and then went on for two more weeks with nightly services. Hundreds of students went out to share what happened with other students. But what many don't realize is that Asbury has an even more extensive history with revivals, including one that took place in the early 19, uh, as early as 1905 and another as recent as 2006, when a student chapel led to four days of continuous worship, prayer, and praise. Many people say that the, in the chapel, they hardly even recognize how much time had elapsed. It is almost as though time and eternity blur together as heaven and earth meet. Anyone who has witnessed it can agree that something unusual and unscripted is happening. 
as an analytic theologian, I am weary of hype and very weary of manipulation. I come from a background in a particularly revivalist segment of the Methodist holiness tra uh, tradition, where I've seen efforts to manufacture revivals and movements of the spirit that were sometimes mm, only hollow, but not only hollow, but harmful. And I do not want anything to do with that. And the truth be told, this is nothing like that. There is no pressure or hype. There is no manipulation. There is no high-pitched emotional fervor. To the contrary, it is as has so far been mostly calm and serene. The mix of hope and joy and peace is indescribably strong and, and indeed almost palpable. A, a, a vivid and incredibly powerful sense of shalom. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is undeniably powerful, but also so gentle. The holy love of the, of the Trinium God is apparent, and there is an expressibly sweetness and innate attractiveness to it. It is immediately obvious why no one wants to leave and why those who must leave want to come back as soon as they can. I know that God moves in mysterious ways. Jesus tells us that the Spirit blows where it wills, John 3, 8. And sometimes God does what Jonathan Edwards called surprising work and what John Wesley referred to as extraordinary ministry. I know that these are no replacement for the long road of discipleship. But our Lord promises that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Hopefully, this encounter will have real-life implications in society too. In the same way, the Second Great Awakening was pivotal to bringing about the end of slavery in our country. And you see, from these descriptions, it really does seem to be the real thing. If, if what is being said here is true, it definitely seems to be the real thing. And from CBN, uh, going back just a couple days to the 20th, it says, On Sunday, Greg Gordon, founder of SermonIndex.net, tweeted a photo of people standing in line to worship on Saturday night at Asbury University campus. Over 20,000 people came to Asbury Saturday night with five overflow buildings and a grass-filled lawn. There is 2.5 mile backup of cars going into Wilmore. Cry out to God for your first love to be renewed, is what Gordon wrote. Later Sunday afternoon, Gordon tweeted out a video of the people standing outside the chapel worshiping the Lord. He says, quote, Lord, let the fire of your, of your spirit fall like latter rain. Don't be a spectator. God, change me. God is doing a deep work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives to prepare us for what is ahead. That's what he wrote. And this is all happening in the small town of Wilmore, Kentucky, which normally has a population of 6,000 people. <laughs> Wilmore city officials decided to reroute traffic even due to the flood of people descending on the small town to experience the revival. But the staying power of Asbury outpouring 
is about to be tested in a big way because the university announced Friday that public worship services in the school's Hughes Auditorium would would end on Monday. Beginning uh, on, on Tuesday, February 21st, services uh, available to the public would be held at, at another location in the central Kentucky area. Asbury will still host evening services for college age and high school students, those 25 and under, through, uh, through Thursday, February 23rd. And, uh, and this is what the university said in, in their statement. And Asbury will, will live stream limited portions of services through Thursday, which is the National uh, Collegiate Day of Prayer. Quote, as part of Asbury's intention of encouraging and, and commissioning others to go out and share what they've experienced, all services will be hosted at other locations and no longer held at Asbury University. We encourage guests to utilize these other designated facilities for worship and gathering. More information uh, to, will be shared. And this is what uh, they posted on their website. Now, Asbury President Kevin J. Brown, PhD, also posted a four-minute video update posted on Twitter on Sunday night. And he, and he was calling these last few weeks at the uh, college, uh, Christian college, uh, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, he said. Quote, whether you call this a revival, a renewal, an awakening, or an outpouring, what ha we have experienced on our campus these last few weeks is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, Brown said. Brown said that he believes Ashbury is is not the 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 keeper or the source of of, the, of this movement, pointing out that he has already gone uh, is already gone across the U.S. and around the world. "Quote: People are hungry," he said. "They are they are hungry for something more." Quoting Jesus in the New Testament, uh, Matthew five six, he said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled." We look to other schools, other churches, or ministry communities as co-commissioners in this movement that's, that's taking shape for us, Brown said. Whatever happens from here, our deep desire is to see a life-transforming renewal of our younger generation to faithfully serve their communities, their schools, their churches, and their professions, to see them go into the difficult and dark places in the world and to be a light. Finally, he says, I've seen several headlines with titles suggesting that we are ending revival services or that we are scheduling to end revival. The university president said that, that uh, while it is true that Thursday evening will conclude our last service in Hughes Auditorium, here on the campus of Asbury University, we know this is not a conclusion to hungry hearts being stirred and responding by seeking Jesus Christ. He says in closing, he thanked uh, people for praying and asking them to continue to pray uh, that what is happening at Asbury would continue to move across states and countries and even continents. Quote, when the world sees our efforts and our spirit, may they see Christ, he said. So how did the revival at Asbury start. Well, the Asbury uh, Collegian reported this. It said that it began during a call to confession on Wednesday, February 8th, when at least 100 people fell to their knees and bowed at the altar. Since then, it has turned into a Holy Spirit outpouring 
that has only grown larger and larger each day with visitors pouring in from uh, around the U.S. and around the world. It is being compared to the cultural changing re uh, revival at the same college in 1970, but there's something different this time. The new nonstop prayer and worship awakening has had special media and social media uh, as a powerful ally that had that wasn't available in previous historic campus revivals, of course. The impact has been so powerful that this ongoing spirit-led event has even drawn the attention of major media outlets. But it is also drawing a wider worldwide audience, particularly on, uh, of young people, uh, to witness what is happening through first-hand accounts and photographs and videos that that many of these these posts uh, they're actually going viral and and it is already spread, spreading to other campuses numerous reports reveal the holy spirit is igniting several other flames that are now burning brightly at the other universities and colleges around the country bypassing denominational boundaries quote students are in reed chapel this is the chapel for samford university in complete awe of God, praying, worshiping, and reading scripture. That's from Kevin Blackwell there. Revival is spreading, Greg Gordon tweeted, among um, other things, with a video of students worshiping in the university chapel. And John Brown of Fox News says the Ashbury Revival in Kentucky is inspired similar movements at other Christian college campuses after the around-the-clock prayer service went viral on social media. The movements come after thousands from around the world converged on Asbury in uh, Wilmore to participate in services that have continued in the school's chapel almost nonstop since students first refused to leave a worship service on February 8th. TikTok videos under the hashtag, hashtag Asbury Revival have racked up nearly 70 million views as of Sunday. Now, Cedarview University, um, a, a college founded in, in 1887 in Southwest Ohio and affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, has seen continuous prayer and worship services emerge spontaneously among its students, according to the Christian Post. Cedarville University President Thomas White told the outlet, that a special outpouring and, and sensing of the presence of the Lord began last Monday as students were studying Psalm 86. Quote, so we took a moment to pray and to sing a song, White said. And during the song, without an altar call or an invitation of any kind, we had some students who began to come forward and pray. And, and so when I went back up to the stage, the sermon was over at that point, we just began to pray and began to sing. White continued. He said, and before the chapel was over, there was an altar full of students just praying, and some were weeping, and others were hugging one another. Students kept returning to the chapel and staying long into the night, he recounted. And some students decided to go to other schools in the area and share their faith. In an email sent to Students Friday, Samford University President Beck A. Taylor noted that spontaneous organic student-led worship had continued for 48 hours in the chapel at Brigham Area um, uh, School that was founded by Baptists in 1841. Quote, 
Having spent some time yesterday with those worshiping in Reed Chapel, I can testify that the Holy Spirit is at work in and among our student body, is what Taylor wrote. What's happening isn't contrived, programmed, or scripted, nor is it performative or disingenuous. Cautioning against the temptation to label what's happening or put it into some sort of neat little box, Taylor added that he is convinced that God is doing a new thing here, and all we're asked to do is to remain faithful to God's calling. Quote, our theme this year is hope. Our our hope can be found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. As we worship Jesus today, let's allow hope to abound in us so that we can spread God's hope throughout the camp the campuses of the world, is what he said. What's happening at Asbury is not and will not remain confined. This is what uh, Rob Fultz tweeted. He said, who ser- he, he actually serves at the, uh, as the campus pastor at Lee University, a private university founded in, 18, in 1918 and affiliated with the Church of God. He said, it will and already is awakening the deep wells of revival on campus across the nation. They have been churning, pressing against the seals that have kept them hidden, and they are about to burst with new life. Fultz tweeted uh, photos of the school's services that he noted, like Asbury, uh, have also lingered for days. A video he posted uh, shows students shouting in prayer and worship and repentance. Abby Dobb, uh, who's the director of uh, communications at Asbury University, recently told Fox News Digital that she believes that Gen Z is spiritually hungry said, quote, if you look at the world and you look at what's going on and what, what Gen Z is facing, I just think they're absolutely desperate for something other than what the world is giving them right now. That is what Dobbs said, adding that Gen Z has suffered so much during the past few years. Let me repeat what she said here because I think it's dead on target. If you look at the world and you look at what is going on and what Gen Z is facing, I just think they are absolutely desperate for something other than what the world is giving them right now. I think this is so, so true. This generation is craving something real. It... uh, there is all kinds of marketing out there. There is all kinds of things saying you need this and you deserve that. And all you have to do is believe this. All you have to do is buy that. All you have to do is own this. This is for you. You should, you deserve it. You, 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 you. This generation is craving something real. And it is, it is longing for something that is not performed or scripted or made. It is, it is, it is something that has to be real. It it is tired of empty promises. There's so many empty promises out there trying to sell them something. It needs a real God that loves them. What we are seeing here appears to be the beginning of of a, of a turning toward Jesus Christ in a real way. The, the beginnings of, of a real relationship 
with a real God. It is exciting. It is really exciting and, and new for them. And, and, and when that happens, it is hard to get enough of it. They don't want to leave. They, if they do have to leave, they want to get back as soon as they can. They get on campus. They run toward the chapel. Why? Because it's exciting and it's new and it's, it, it, it's, it, it's fulfilling. It's, it's, it's really not about emotion. And, and so many look for that. So many are looking for the emotion or they're, or, or they're, they're looking for, uh, you know, some sort of notoriety for themselves or whatever. That's not what it's about. That is not what revival is. It is not about emotion. I mean, you know, there can be emotion involved in it and it, and it's not about logic though. They're, they're, they are operating with a clarity of mind about this, which is really neat. It is just, it is just people crying out to God and giving up of themselves to submit their lives to the God of the universe. And that, I believe, is worth celebrating. Because this appears to be the real thing. This appears to be an outpouring of people just absolutely giving themselves to an amazing God of the universe. And that God of the universe working within those people through the Holy Spirit. And that's exciting. That is really exciting. And it's worth celebrating. Now, you may may agree with that. You may completely disagree with that. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on it. You may say this is not the real thing at all. You may say this is nothing to celebrate. Get get off the point. Uh, I would love to hear your point on it. Because to me, when everything that I've seen, and I'm very skeptical of these kind of things, everything seems to be pointing to the fact that this is a real thing. And that's to be celebrated. So anyway, let me let me hear from you. You can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.